Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and today we are with Catherine Wentworth. Hello. Otherwise known as Katie Otro DJ, otherwise known as Cat amongst the community, otherwise known as what she is stepping into is to her tribal Mayan name is Katarina. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so funny because I grew up in Houston, Texas, and in Texas, people are very formal. So everybody would call me Catherine, my full name. And I moved to New York City. Nobody had time to say Catherine. So everyone called me Cat. Then I became a DJ and everyone called me DJ Cat NYC because I lived in New York. <laughs> then I moved to Los Angeles and they're like, you can't be DJ Cat. So I said, well, I'll be Cat XX because the band XX is really big. And I just love like Jamie XX. And I was just like, oh, it'd be cute. Like kiss, kiss. Yeah. Then fast forward, I had a manager from England and I was moving to Ibiza, Ibiza and to Berlin. And she's like, you can't be Cat XX in Europe. That's porno. And I was like, no, it's triple X. She's like, no, 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 no. So I changed it to Katie Otro and Katie means, well, Katie is like another form of Catherine because my grandfather called me Katie. Mm-hmm. So Katie is an homage to my grandfather and then Otro means another. So essentially it's another cat. And all my friends, call, and it's actually with a C, but uh-huh. when I moved to LA, every the whole Kat Von D thing was big, so everyone spelled it with a K. And then a numerologist told me that if, if I spelled it with a K, I would have more abundance in my life. Oh. So I changed it to a K. Okay. It turned out it was true. Amazing. Was, yeah. So, yeah. So that's the long of why a lot of people call me Kat. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love why it. I have so many names. Yeah, I just like, I don't like enough. And then I never know. It's like when we're out somewhere, I'm like, oh, you know, like I could like cat. And then I'm like, I don't know if they know who I'm talking about. Like, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to call her. And all my friends in Europe call me Katie. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's but funny. now, but okay. So now you want to go into Katarina because... We just came back from an extremely powerful event this past weekend outside of Big Bear, California at the Anawa Gathering. And it was 40 indigenous elders and leaders from around the world representing their cultures and their tribes and their medicine men and women and their stories. And it, I mean, I knew I was supposed to be there, but I really don't feel I knew the magnitude of what I've walked away with and what I've been unpacking this week and really integrating of how much it shifted something so deeply in me. And I really didn't know it would have that big of effect coming out of it. Yes. Let me first say this, that one of the elders from Hawaii, um, Ramsey, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, but he said something that was that really stuck with me, which was um, people rarely are where they're at. So for this podcast, I just want to set the intention to really be present and to say that it was such a profound weekend, such a profound healing and just being in the, it was like being at church mm-hmm. all weekend, but not church. It was like spiritual. I always tell people I'm, I'm a spiritual, not religious. Mm-hmm. And it was just ceremony after ceremony. And when I say ceremony, it was like cacao ceremony. Mm-hmm. We had all, you know, blessing the sacred cacao, which is very important to Mayans. My mother's mother was Mayan. Actually, my grandmother's mother was like 
like real Mayan, like in the tribes, you know, where my grandmother, you know, grew up and was an adult in the fifties. And so she like lived in a house and all of that kind of stuff. But my, her mother, they were like, you know, the real like Yucatan and Mexico Mayans. And just to reconnect with that lineage and to remember, because I forget so many times of like, you know, my father is German and English, my mother is Mayan Mexican. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I forget, puedo hablar español, but my name's Catherine Michelle Wentworth, which is super not Mayan. (laughs) It's not. It's not Mayan. Yeah. And it's just, you know, to go there and see and remember all the rituals and like the despacho. The The despacho ceremony, yes. It was beautiful. beautiful. And I've never actually been to one of those. I've been to cacao ceremonies, but not the way that they do them Mm -hmm. from where they originated. Mm -hmm. And just the whole weekend was just like ceremony, talk Mm -hmm. after ceremony, after talk, after, you know, I mean, anything you wanted to just like, go to there was a African tribe some of the um tribe leaders from Africa I I forgot what part but they were teaching us about reconnecting with our ancestors and I just my mother and I my mother went with me which was like even more powerful and it just where we landed you know and I mean we we got there on Thursday and then you came on Friday but it was just like this we just went and we didn't really know exactly what we were going to go to, or I've never been to anything like this. I mean, I've been to a lot of yoga classes, a lot of festivals, a lot of like one-on-one sessions with healers. I've never been to a gathering with that many indigenous shamans shamans. and medicine people of all different kinds. And I don't really know if there's many things like functions that actually like do that. So I don't know if we really would have even had the opportunity in another path to be able to sit in and be a part of something like this. And it was so beautiful because they had a bunch of different stages and all day long, different people were talking or playing music or doing a ceremony at the different stages. So yeah, same thing. Like I just kind of like went where I was guided. I like wish I would have done more, but then in the times that I wasn't doing it, I was just connecting with some soul family that was there, but I just kind of like would look at the schedule and whatever kind of like really jumped out at me. was like, you need to be there. Then I would go there and not overthink it. And there were some things like the African, a few different uh, things that they were doing. I never got a chance to sit in on anything that they were doing. And I was kind of sad, but I just wasn't, it wasn't led to them yet because I had other teachings I needed to go sit in on or I needed to do another hot bay ceremony with my hot bay buddy <laughs> which is funny because I didn't do one hot bay ceremony yeah so yeah I and what's interesting about this weekend for me is it popped up as an ad on Facebook for me Anawa, and it was sometime at the end of March or beginning of April and I saw it and I was like what is this I need to be there. And I knew, didn't know of anyone who was going, I'd never heard of it before, but I'm like, I don't know what the, I need. And I just didn't have time to like, or the mental capacity at the moment to really like drop into it. I just like looked at the dates and I'm like, cool. It's in sometime in June moving on. And I bookmarked it. And then when we were at the women's retreat out in Joshua tree, uh, the gentleman that cooked for us all weekend on the last day, he, we had kind of like a closing prayer with him and thanking him for feeding us all weekend. Shout out to Kachi. Hey, Kachi. 
and he dropped about Anawa and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be there. And he's like, he, he's very, he's been involved in it since the inception and very good friends with the people that put it on and the community. And he just really like encouraged us to look into going and supporting it. And then as the time like led up to it, I'm like, I really can't go. Like, it's just not aligning um, with everything in my life right now. And then Kat was driving on the way out there and, um, you know, we were both talking about it. I'm like, I really just feel like I'm supposed to be there. And she's like, I feel like you're meant to be there. And then long story short, like really at last minute, everything aligned to get me out there really quickly. And it was like, you come, come right now. And I got Malia babysitter because dogs weren't allowed. And I figured it all out and I jumped in the car and I was not feeling the greatest. And I just went there. And I was like, like moment after moment of being there, I was like, I know why I was called to this so strongly. And spirit was like, we don't care what your life looks like at this moment. We are getting you to the event because this is a divine appointment that you cannot miss. You knew it and I knew it. And like, you knew it for your soul. You you knew it for your mom even, and that we really were meant to be there together. And we were just really meant to be there. Because when you think about it, Sarah, it wasn't like, an event that you've ever gone to. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like an event that was marketed like, this is like EDC. This is like a lightning in a bottle even. This is like a burning man. It's it's like nothing you ever went to. Mm. So even whenever I initially saw it, I was a little scared of it Mm. just because it's so, I knew, I just knew it was going to be rough in many ways mm-hmm. and not just like oh we're in the woods yeah but camping camping you in know tent. it's right it's not like, like we're at ground. edc vegas when we're staying at like you the know, cosmopolitan exactly you know i mean i've been to edc i'm not really like i've done it like amen to edc but i'm not really like you know excited to go back <laughs> you know? yeah. like, but at least i'm familiar with coachella at least i've been there millions of times like i know what to expect mm-hmm. this event for me as spiritual as i am and as open as i am to be honest with you there was a little bit of I don't know. This looks weird, you know, Mm -hmm. and I like weird. And even then I knew that there was going to be something powerful there for me. Mm -hmm. And it, and there was um, a moment when I was in the sweat lodge. Yes. They had a sweat lodge, like a legit, (laughs) a legit sweat lodge at the very end of the sweat lodge. There was a moment in there where I was like literally about to have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's too hot in here. Mm -hmm. This woman's praying too loud. This other woman is singing too loud because the instructions were for the woman to stop praying when the other woman sang. Mm -hmm. And she just felt called to keep on praying. And the medicine in that for me, there was a lot of medicine there. And and it's not that I took any plant medicine or any anything like that. Whenever I say there's medicine there, it wasn't that there was um, people taking ayahuasca or anything like that. But there was medicine in being in that environment and being around that many spiritual, spiritual people, med- medicine, yeah. spiritual medicine. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, what's the lesson in here? And I said, the lesson is bless her because she needs to pray and let it out for some reason. And for me to get really quiet and to go inside and no matter what is going on in the outside in my, in the world that I can't control, I can control here. Mm-hmm. And I just got really quiet and I just sat and I breathed and I blessed and I blessed and I blessed. 
And before I knew it, it was over and they opened the door and we left. I left the sweat lodge completely surrendered. Mm. And that has carried on into what is going on in my life right now. Completely and totally surrendered. What are some big moments for you that happened this weekend? Well, being that I went in it into it with a, I didn't know if it was going to be a head cold. I didn't know if it was just allergies. I didn't know if it was like, cause I was coming up to my moon, but like Friday by the end of the day, I had a migraine and I was so stuffed up and everything was just here, like in my forehead face. And I also, because I didn't know if I, it, what it was, if what direction it was going to go, if I was going to be sick, I just kind of like stayed away and stayed back from a lot of people. And just like, I didn't meet a lot of people in the beginning. And I just kind of would like creep up on somewhere like a talk or something and just be in like the very back row and just be like observing from afar. And what kind of I went through, I felt like I was on a medicine journey with feeling this so uncomfortable and then not being able to sleep, but also because the Brazilians, bless the Brazilians, but they were playing music and drumming and singing and hollering. All like, night long. All night long. <laughs> the party did not stop. And we're all camping in tents outside. So there's like no barrier, no barrier to what's happening. And they were having the best time. So you couldn't be mad at it. If you're just like, I would really love to go to bed. And just when you're about to fall asleep, because their drumming would be like consistent, then they'd be like, they'd finish and they'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. like the one, that one tribe, the Yawanawa there, I was like, ooh, 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 right. And you're like, motherfucker. <laughs> so, but like, it, what was interesting enough is normally that would make me really crabby with not sleeping like that and getting no sleep and being at, around a lot of people and not feeling like fully clear it made me really present in a way and being a little antisocial because that's not normally how I am I actually showed up to the teachings a lot more present because I couldn't do anything else and then I was oddly really energized all weekend even without being getting proper amount of sleep like I, I wasn't really having crashes or anything everything was just like no, I want to like keep learning and, and, and going further. I, since the middle of December with ayahuasca, have always been a very hard no. Like absolutely not, will not do that, don't need it, don't want it, no. And I had taken some pape that had a little bit of ayahuasca, ayavine in it from some sisters of ours. And that was the first time that ayah was introduced into my system. And that was some, hape doesn't really actually affect me all that much. And that hape really affected me. And I felt her, the call of the grandmother, and I felt her present with me. And that's when the communication started. She's like, no, you're, we are going to go deeper into this. And so my absolutely not turned to maybe. And then when we were at the woman's retreat, I knew that I would be taking most likely some chocolate that was ayahuasca psilocybin chocolate. And so that was my next communion with her of going like a little bit deeper with her. And prior to that, I had been watching some different uh, things were popping up on YouTube, some documentaries and stuff I started watching and doing just like a little bit of research. And I was getting really into like learning more about her. And one of the big things as they say is that you you don't have to, but you should honor her in the land that she comes from. So anywhere that she grows in any of the jungles, you could do Hawaii, Costa Rica, Peru, Brazil, you know, it's fine wherever you go, 
but like the United States, eh, right? You should really go commune with her in her in her place because then you're really understanding her medicine and and who she is. So it's like, you know, if you're going to go to an Italian restaurant, you would love it if the cooks were Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be so much more special to go to an Italian restaurant in Italy, right? Yeah, and whenever I, when I went to Italy, I had no idea they put eggs on pizzas and it was delicious. It was amazing. And the like pasta, the lasagna is like really, really thin and the pasta like melts in your mouth. And I was like, I can't believe that I've been eating like not real Italian food my whole life. <laughs> my, yeah, my old uh, restaurant owner, um, he went and studied in Italy for years before he opened up his Italian restaurant. We always had egg on pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and the pizza crust is like nothing like this pizza crust because I always hated pizza growing up until I had their pizza and yeah. then my whole life changed. Yeah, but I totally relate to you with the ayahuasca thing because for me, you know, I've been sober since 2008. And in the, in the community, in the recovery community, there is a lot of controversy, you know, about it. And mm -hmm. so it's interesting to hear your journey on this and, you know, saying mm -hmm. that you wanted to, that for you, it was more about having to be, if you ever were to do it, or you never, you said you were not going to ever do it. But normally when I say I'm never going to do something very strictly, I'm most likely probably a hundred percent, probably going to do it at some point. Cause that's how my life works. I'm like, I will never do. And I'm serious about it. She and said then, she's never going to online date. I, I still don't know if I can do that one. That's so back to your ayahuasca story. That's another podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm Next talking about bad things, not bad things. I was going to say, I'm talking about like, you know, things that like. Hinge versus Bumble. <laughs> Sarah's take. Oh my God, I'm going to have to fucking podcast about it. I know. Oh, like what a disaster. But I don't want to interrupt you. So, so anyway, with the ayahuasca, it just started becoming a, a more and more of a yes. But then it really became yes, but I have to go either. It was more like, well, before this weekend, it was Peru. It was like, I'm going to go to Peru because I've known some people to go to some places in Peru. So I would just go where they were going to go. But then I still like wasn't, it was still wasn't landing. And then my first day there, I went and sat in on a talk about love with a leader of a tribe in Brazil in the middle of the jungle. And his name is Banky and everything changed. And he started talking and I'd heard a little bit about him before I sat down and I was like, that's it. It's with him. He's my next teacher that's who I'm going to sit with ayahuasca and I will go to the jungle to the far journey into the middle of the jungle to sit with him. And that's my next manifestation. And I really listened to him talk and he's very much from the stories I've heard of from him thus far and listening to him talk on two different occasions. He is a person that hundred percent is in his integrity and walks his talk and is extremely powerful and he really is just about spreading love and saving and healing the planet. And I was like, you're it. Yeah, he's planted four million trees. To help rebuild the Amazon that has been burned down, taken away by people farming and cattle ranching and all that stuff. And he, he's just like a really beautiful, loves his family and loves his wife and loves his planet. And 
wants to leave this place better than he found it and to have it be a place for all of our children to have a really safe and serene environment as they grow older. And he, he was like, this place is a garbage dump. He's like, it's a dump. And a lot of the reasons why a lot of spirits don't want to be on earth right now and why there's a lot of suicide amongst the youth and with people. And he's like, because there's so much chemicals and there's so much toxicity on so many different levels, you know, in the waters, in the earth, we're stripping the earth from its resources. We're drying it out. We're not loving it. He, and in his talk about love, he really was like, if you really love yourself, if you fully love yourself, you can love your planet. And, and like every elder at the end of the day of what they would say, you know, is everything starts with you. When he did this big teaching on Saturday, Banky, he was taught, this teaching was more about like us really banding together to help mama earth. And somebody asked like, well, like, where do you start? You know? And he, besides the story that he told, he's like, you have to start with you. Everything starts with you. Everything starts with you at your home, in your life, internally in you. You start here and then you start going out and out and out and out and out. And over the last year, when I've really started learning a lot about trauma and people really reciting from traumatic places and unhealed wounds, and especially childhood unhealed wounds, I've started to really observe humanity walking around LA and, and just in different relationships, friendships romantic situations. And what I've really observed in it is, is all of these unhealed wounds that either are passed down from generation to generation or what that person has experienced in this life is really a lot of the disconnection is from the earth, from themselves is because they're so, everyone's trying so hard not to like feel these wounds, to escape these wounds and not go into them and properly heal them. And I just know from my own journey, as I've really been forced to go inward and really dig up and heal these old wounds, my love for everything has deepened. And now I see someone like open their car door and, and, and throw their trash onto mama. And I'm like, how can you, how are you so, how, like, it doesn't make any sense to my brain. How can you disrespect her so much? How can you just throw, that doesn't, or I walked on the street with Maley and on Ventura Boulevard. It's so dirty and disgusting. And there literally will be like all this garbage right next to like, like the garbage is here. And I'm not going to say right next to, because obviously it falls out sometimes, but like, it's literally like three feet away. And it's like, how can you not put it there? Yeah. How, why? And it's really this disconnect either because everyone's so in this escapism that they're not even on this earth because their spirit is rejecting this earth. And so they, they, they're not even awakened to see what's happening and it's painful. Yeah. And to then hear these elders even and like, you know, the threat of some of them on their lives for the work that they're doing, the threat of their ancient like knowledge and commune with mother and they're holding it up and they're trying so hard day and night in prayer and in ceremony. And let me tell you, ceremonies are not fast and they've shortened them up for even us and just this event because we were on a time schedule. But like when you're in ceremony and just a, like a despacho ceremony, it's, it's the most interesting ceremony. And a lot of these ceremonies, plant medicine is not even involved where 
you're taking different things to honor mother and the winds and the sky and the sand and and bringing her gifts and putting prayers into this um it's on parchment paper and they sprinkle all this different stuff and sometimes they put candy and they put cotton to make a cloud and then they'll put seeds and then like people were giving the despacho money like actual real money and like all this stuff and then they my mom put in a cacao seed oh she did cute and then you also play, pray over some, they give you the coca leaves, which are not the actual cocaine plant. They're in the species of the cocaine plant. So they're still this coca, but they're not the exact one that they use to make cocaine. So they give you coca leaves and you put your prayers into them and you put those also, that's like the last part of the despacho. They end it with everyone who's in the gratitude that particular one's for gratitude. Gratitude, right. Yeah. It's not to bless yourself. It's right. gratitude. It's to like I gratitude and gave my prayer for mother earth and for humanity, to be honest. And then they, they bundle it all up and it looks like a little pillow and someone, what did someone say? Oh, when they, when he threw it in the fire, they're like, mom, why did he throw that pillow in the fire? (laughs) But they bundle it up into like a little package. And then depending on weather conditions, if you can't have a fire, then you bury it into the earth. And then if you can have a fire, you burn it. Mm-hmm. but technically that despacho ceremony is a 10 hour ceremony. Yeah. And if you were to see the ceremony, you're like, how can you do that for 10 hours? But these people, they take their time with everything and they're so mindful mm-hmm. and they just take, and they bless everything they do and they pray over everything they do. And they're in the different parts of the world, holding up the world and they're just being bulldozed or killed or moved or whatever. And their sacred land and their sacred practices that are trying to keep tradition and the remembrance of humanity is constantly being threatened. And it's just like, can you imagine if we forgot how to recycle? I mean, like that's something very like, you know, now, right? Because they didn't have recycling back in, you know, the 1800s and we had to develop we had to develop, we had to develop recycling. But also in the 1800s, they didn't have a shit ton of plastic. No, absolutely. <laughs> but what I mean is yeah. that the way I like to bring it into the thought pattern of they did those ceremonies and then they did those prayers, not only for, to say thank you to earth, but also for their soul, right? To connect with mm-hmm. earth mm-hmm. and to stay grounded whenever you are on earth, when you are recognizing the sun, when you're recognizing the air, mm-hmm. when you're present, that allows your soul to calm down and to be for a moment, if only a moment, mm-hmm. to be at peace. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're playing video games on Instagram, running around like crazy trying to hold up five jobs x y and z Mm -hmm. your blood pressure your your adrenals are all up here Mm -hmm. and so if anything from a scientific standpoint those ceremonies that's the medicine it lowers your blood pressure it slows you down it helps you like you could take away all the spiritual aspects of it and just say from a science perspective of how good it is for you Mm-hmm. And of course it's spiritual. And of course that you're connecting with the earth, but just when I left this weekend, I felt so at peace. Do you still feel like that? I still feel like, that. I feel There's... like that even as the day's gone on, I've gotten more, I've dropped in like deeper. Yeah. I really feel like something 
just even being around all their presence, Mm -hmm. I got healed just by proximity. Yeah. And the remembrance Mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's like, it's like they, they reminded me how to recycle. They reminded me how to do something good. Mm -hmm. They reminded me that it's about being here now. And it's about taking whatever challenges are placed in front of you and presenting it as what is the lesson here? Mm-hmm. Not just that somebody just cut me off and somebody's running late and somebody da 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 and they didn't say the way I wanted and I didn't want and he didn't do this and da da. No, it's about how can I commune? How can I be at one? How can no matter what's going on out there, how can I be at peace? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was like the biggest lesson. And it was beautiful. My mother, she was there, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And on the second day we were there, she, we were sitting in the, um, uh, by the marketplace, the butterfly, tent. the butterfly tent. And my mother and I were just sitting there, we were hanging out and uh, Banky was sitting across from us. And she's like, do you think he'll give me a healing? And I was like, I don't know, go ask him. And she went over there and asked him and he's like, yeah, lay down. And he like, he pulled all kinds of stuff out of her energetically. She was like flying. She was flying and she got so teary-eyed later and so grateful. And technically you're not supposed to go up to the, up to them and ask for a healing. Well, she's 67 yeah, years old. She, so she, she doesn't said, give she's a like, I don't care. She's like, I'm not going through a middleman. He was sitting there and I wanted a healing and I'm going to get my healing from him because I needed it. And, and like, she, yeah, you did. And good for you. Yes, you should. <laughs> my mom is like, she is, she just, I, she was even in awe of like all of the things that were presented as, um, remembering remembrance mm-hmm. for her mm-hmm. to remember. It was, it was mind blowing. Like she's, she got to reconnect with who she is mm-hmm. just by being there and seeing these people. And my mother now wants to go to Brazil and go see Banky in the Amazon, you know, <laughs> she's yeah. like 67 years old. And, and it's like, not talk about what that journey is. Cause that's not an easy journey to get it's to not. his center he's building. No. So that he's built well he's yeah it's in the it's partially built but what he wants to do is create like an auditorium for like you know 500 people to come into or something and a little bit I think more places for people to sleep so that people can come in to heal so he can host other indigenous uh tribes around for them to over ayahuasca talk about how they can continue to save the planet really and um but he also wants to bring people down there to teach them how to start up their own communities sustainably and that the process is so easy that no matter where you live you can take what his teachings and easily apply it to where you live to be able to live off the land again and in proper community and spaces he's basically has built and it continues to build a school of how to live life, how to remember how to live peacefully and as one on on this earth. Because we have like, even, I don't wanna call out any children, but and you know, I know kids who are like 13, 12 years old who can't even have a conversation because they're so plugged into this video game world, this meta world, AI, AI and they don't know how to interact as just, humans how to talk to somebody unless there's a screen in front of them Mm -hmm. and that's not okay that is not okay so banky's building a place where people can go and they can talk and they can share and they can have a space to heal and to be as one but it is not 
an easy travel. Yeah, will you remind me what, what's that trip look like? My dear friend Joe from um, the Lair, she built a healing center here in LA and she was telling me about it. I don't remember exactly, but she says you fly from, you know, Los Angeles to somewhere in Brazil. And then from there, you drive to this like six passenger plane and then you get on a plane and then you get on a boat and then you get into something at like it is a long journey because it's in the middle of the amazon but it's i say in spanish vale la pena it means it, it's worth it so i think at some point that's definitely that's on our that's where we're going that's where we're going me you and mama yeah we're taking the trip yes we're we going are down yes for some more medicine and but, healing but and this weekend was so profound it really was and it wasn't perfect because you know you have to remember these people are not event producers you know they're not they well, and they were in a new space they've been doing it on the east coast for right years prior and this is the yeah. first time they've done it on the west coast yeah and it was awesome it was amazing yeah. it was great it was great but just logistically it, it was it was perfectly imperfect and mm -hmm. it was also a space to learn everything so for me i wanted the um container it's certain the um sweat lodge i wanted it it was opened by an elder and i wanted it to be closed by an elder and it was closed by just somebody who wanted to pray and obviously like it's not the way that i would have done it and it was just so interesting for me throughout the weekend just to see all the little lessons that I, I was able to recognize and learn. And also learning about um, the womb healing, like what that's all about. And it was really surprising to me that what they recommend is that uh, as a woman, you take your menstrual blood, you know, from in a goddess cup and you put, if you live in a city and there's no plants around you, you find a plant, you ask its permission and you put the blood in the plant, that plant every single month, mm -hmm. or you put it back into the earth. And I'm going to try it because I want to be more at peace. I want, you know, I more connection, more connection, more at peace. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't, but actually it I, does. I've been doing it and my yeah. plants are really happy. Mm -hmm. <gasps> and in the next episode that I actually record, but before this episode, um, Emily Fitz and I actually go really deep into that. So catch the next episode where we talk a lot about the period blood and, and yeah. the journey with that. But it's just but, interesting because yeah. all weekend it was like anything you wanted to learn how to connect with your ancestors, which is interesting too, because my mother and I, we went to that and we listened and we really tapped into understanding how to connect with our ancestors. And because a lot of times I think to myself like, oh, they're around, you know, my grandmother's around my grandpa, you know, like they're around, right? Mm -hmm. They're, you know, energy doesn't disappear. Mm -mm. It just changes into something else. Mm -hmm. However, it can get charged mm. and called in. So it's the same thing. If you walk into a room, you have to turn on the light for the light to come mm. on. It doesn't mean that the current is not there and that it mm -hmm. won't come on, but you have to flip the switch. Yes. So they were talking about how to connect with your ancestors and how to really like, you know, you want to put a picture up of them on an altar, not smiling because you don't want them like laughing at you from the other side. <laughs> and you want to talk to them and bring them food, maybe their favorite dish or like an apple or some something that they could, you know, you're calling them in. I'm going to have to make sure I have some pictures laying around where I'm not smiling so that they could put me on their altar. Exactly. And you have, you know, just something to be mindful of like calling them in, putting in that energy of mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. And it's so profound and interesting. And I just, I feel like I need to share this. 
my um, cousin, she, my mom's sister, my uncle, he is a, he had a transfer, a liver, liver, liver transfer. And he um, is in Houston, Texas. And they were on Monday. She, this happened Monday. We got back from the retreat on Sunday and my mom called her sisters and talked about, you know, the weekend. And my uncle Monday morning was supposed to go get um, a, one of the vaccines, something mm. with the mo, 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 Moderna. Mo, not the Moderna, but mo, mm. molecular. There was some, M something. Is there some M, new one? Something new. Yeah. Because the thing is, is because it, he got the transplant, they want to be extra careful that he doesn't get COVID. Right. And so they wanted him to get this particular vaccine. So the doctors had him come, were having him come in. She got up in the morning, called her daughter, you know, her daughter's at her house with her husband. And she's like, do you want to come with us? You know, father and I, and Valeria, my cousin was like, no, I'm tired. I just got back from New Orleans, long weekend. I'm going to stay in. She said, okay. She hung, hangs up. This is like 6 a.m. She gets in the car to take her husband, my uncle to the hospital. They go, my cousin said she went back to sleep and had a dream that my grandmother, my Mayan grandmother was like, no vaccine, mm. no vaccine, no vaccine. And she woke up and she was like, what? She's like, that's weird. She's like, that's really weird. Okay, whatever. She went back to sleep. This just happened Monday. Yeah. Monday. Yeah. She went back to sleep. Again, my grandmother was like, no vaccine, no vaccine, no vaccine. She came back? She came back. Oh my gosh. She's really on it. Yeah. Valeria, she, even Maylee's like yeah, tapping she's, in. Mm-hmm. She woke back up and was like, what? Second time. She was like, this is crazy. So she's just like, oh, but I'm so tired. I'm just going back to sleep. She went back to sleep. Again, no. a third time, my grandmother came to her in the dream and said, no vaccine, no vaccine. Finally, my cousin listened and she called her mother. They were like right around the corner from the hospital. And she was like, mom, you know, I never dream about grandma. And grandma is coming to me and saying, no vaccine. My aunt listens, thank God. And they go back home. And they research and they call my mom because my mother studied to be a doctor and she ended up not being it because she had like a family and moved to America, all those things, you know, but she, my mom looked into the particular vaccine they wanted to give him. And that particular vaccine is no good for somebody who has a heart condition. Stop it. This just happened. Like, yeah. So even the fact that my mother and I were aware, and this is what I feel of how to connect mm-hmm, with your ancestors mm-hmm. that translated into my cousin. Yeah. And so my uncle and they called the doctor and they were like, excuse me, this is not the right vaccine. You know that he has a heart condition. And they were like, we'll have to call you back. And they changed it there. He's not getting that anymore. So he's still getting a vaccine. Now. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what the medical whatever is, yeah. but he's definitely not getting that shot wow. they were going to give to him because it's like a death sentence for somebody who has a heart condition. Yeah. And crazy. Yeah. So I'm, so you said, put a picture out. You can put a picture non-smiling so they're not laughing at you from the other side. Yeah. You don't want them to see, you don't want, you know, them looking at you like that. Cause if you put up a picture, apparently of them smiling, they're going to be laughing at you from the other side. Yeah, so just okay. find a picture, make a little altar yeah. with their favorite well, food. Cause my grandmother, you know, that. we didn't know if she was passing. I just found out she's not passing. Oh, good. It's a condition yeah. of dementia that she's still she's in hospice but they go they'll, they'll go through once even later stages they'll go into these deep sleepy times and then she just comes out of it one day and then now she's playing cards again and like super so she's not dying yet 
Um, but that's why I put her on my altar over there. But, you know, um, I think my grandpa's just kind of smiling in that. He can laugh at me from the other side. It's I think it's just showing your teeth, they said, showing oh. your teeth. But my point you is- You know what's is, funny is the olden day pictures, though, they all never smiled. They, they never all, smiled. They looked so They sad. looked so angry. They were so angry back then. We need to take some altar pictures, though. I think yeah. we, oh, we can start a business, altar yes. picture photo shoots, so that you can leave your family <laughs> behind. Ancestryalterpictures.com. <laughs> so you can leave your family like here here's for you to put me on your altar when yeah. I'm gone. okay so the photo anything else um water works really great mm. milk apparently milk um uh, something for them grass to drink. fed some grass fed that's even better their favorite dish just something you know I heard that if you really want to start connecting with your um ancestors start cooking their food yeah you'll call them in so my point is though, over the course of the weekend, of the whole Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I learned so much. And so, and just even, it was just so interesting to see how like the purifications that the, mm -hmm. um, that the, um, the people, the nomas, momas, momas. So the mamos, mamos, mamos. Oh my gosh. They're so cute. They're, they're these so cute. Little people that live up high up in the Sierra Nevadas and they're just like teeny and cute. And they have these little gourds with these little sticks where the men do. And they like, there's this lime powder in it. And then they eat coca leaves and then they put their sticks in this little lime gourd. And then they like put it in their mouth for a minute. And then they like just scrape the side. And no one ever told us as far as I know what they're actually doing and why. But they get it when they, be, when they go into manhood. They have to go for like this special teaching for like a certain amount of time. And then at the end of it, they're like, they can't have sex before they do that. They can't have sex for the first time. So if they have sex before they go into the ceremony, they don't get to go in the ceremony. And then after you get out, you get this little gourd and then they just walk around with their little gourds and then they like color on the side of it all day. It's so fucking cute. It's like a meditation, I think. It's totally like a meditation. Yeah, it's yeah. totally like a, but it was interesting to see how like the, um, you know, Africans cleanse uh, uh, and how the Peruvians and the Mayans and how everybody just had their it was all the same thing, you know, like we're blessing the earth. Mm -hmm. We're, we're reconnecting with the earth. We're reconnecting with our spirits. We're cleansing, but it was completely different, slightly different, variations, slightly yeah. different. Yes. And with the waters and the blessings and the different, but it, I, it's just, you really got to connect with what felt more true to yourself mm -hmm. like the hape like i wasn't called to that you mm -hmm. were called to two ceremony you did two i did hape. three you did three hape ceremonies that was not i didn't i wasn't called to that so it was yeah. it was beautiful it was like your own make, make your own adventure it really was it really was because there was times i kind of felt bad because i wasn't with you two mm. but i just had to keep going to like where i was led right like I, you guys were over here. I tapped into the sweat lodge and I was like, no, I'm just, you know, not, I'm really dehydrated today. I'm really hungry. Like, I just don't feel it's the most loving to my body right now to go do that. But yeah, for me with the hape, it was funny because the first night that I did it, I was in line and then me and this, this younger guy just started talking. We we're just talking about a bunch of stuff. And then we did our hape and then like, everyone just goes by themselves then you kind of just go off on your own and like really sit with it and then the next day that I go to a hot base ceremony with a different tribe I'm standing in line I didn't even notice he was right in front of me and he like turns around he's like my hot buddy and I'm like oh my god my happy buddy like it was right in front of me like we're right in line again but just switched places right wow and then we did the hot and whatever 
What's interesting is the second day Hape guy, this guy, this shaman, he's from the Amazon as well. He'd probably be the only other person I would sit in ayahuasca with. Cutest little man ever and just a shiny bright light, just always smiling. And man, he blew my brains out with that Hape. Like he, the the Yawanawa, they would ask you if you wanted a light, medium or heavy, like in, in, in the type of blow that they do. He, there was no asking. He just said, Pfft. And I don't really um, have that big of a reaction from Hoppe. And I, my whole body was like shaking after. And I kind of for a tiny second felt like I was going to purge, but I didn't. And I had to go hug a tree. <laughs> like I wandered medicine. off in the woods and I just like sat with my, my back against it and my arms up around the trunk. And I was just like, oh dear Jesus. He just like blew my Hoppe brains out. And I just sat, but went into a really deep, beautiful like meditation and they were playing music and I did another ceremony with him that was so beautiful. It was uh, to open up the voice. Mm. And I learned, I read his story mm. a little bit of it. And apparently he had been on the shamanic path since he was born. And part of his shamanic initiation, he had to go live in the jungle by himself for one year with a lot of fasting and just who even knows what that entailed. But his spirit was just so clean and so bright and so this ceremony that he shared with us to open up your voice is he, he had this little orangey, chunky, pasty stuff. And then you go up, you kneel in front of him, you stick out your tongue. And then with like, I don't know what he was using, some sort of stick. Then he put the paste on our tongue and then you had to keep your tongue out and walk away. And they gave you a little bit of toilet paper for who knows what, because I don't even know what's going on. And they're like, you have to sit with your tongue out and that your saliva has to drip into the earth until it stops dripping. And you're legitimately just sitting there like that, staring off into the woods with just saliva. And it just, because of all the spiciness, it just keeps building and keeps building. I sat there for like 45 minutes <laughs> and I heard people spitting and stuff. I'm like, you're not supposed to spit. Like, the teaching, I don't know what the deeper teaching is. I'm like, I know there's some deeper teaching here that I'm just going to sit here and do exactly what's been told to me because there's some thing like I, some things were kind of hard because of the translation. So, you know, they speak their language, then somebody's translating it. Then they go back to speaking where I would get kind of lost at what they're talking about, but I just knew there was something profound. So I did my due diligence and just sat there with my tongue out and the amount of saliva that was on the ground in front of me, like it was sopping wet and it was so long. Some girl told me that she timed herself and she was like 22 minutes. I feel like I was longer because just every time I thought it was going to end, then it was like, it was almost like the, the spice would dig into your tongue in a weird way. And then more saliva would just come falling out of your mouth. Wow. But yeah, he was really special. Yeah, and I just, I didn't go there. I just didn't, I saw it. I was like, oh, that looks rad. And then like, I got called somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always like big on trying. I love, I love culture. I love, that's what I love about traveling. I love to know the authentic things or the things like, I like mm -hmm. those things that are like, this is gonna be really hard, but it's like, has such purpose or meaning to their culture. And like, I'll want to try it. Like uh, one of my friends, he's Jewish from Israel and he, for Yom Kippur, they fast for 26 hours, no water, no food. And I hadn't talked to him in a really long time. It's a couple of years ago now. And he like messaged me one day and, you know, we like got together and, and, and talked and had a little catch up and he's like, okay, well, 
let's hang out again, but tomorrow I'm going to do Yom Kippur. And mm -hmm. then he was about to leave my house and he's like, wait, do you want to do Yom Kippur with me? And I'm like, okay, what does that entail? And he's like, you can't eat or drink for 26 hours. He's like, but it's super spiritual. And I'm like, that's all you needed to say. You know, I'm on board. So we sat here for 26 hours in my apartment without eating or drinking anything. And we just sat and talked and played music and meditated and like, just like hung out, wow. like watched movies and wow. And it was like really profound, but I really love partaking in stuff like that. Like I really, really, really love doing things that are not the norm or are might be a little hard just for the experience of it that aren't what I grew up with. Cause yeah, no one taught me anything that's hard. There was one moment I said on this trip to, to Kat and her mom, I'm like, God, I just feel so white. <laughs> I just feel so. And then her mom actually said something really profound to me that um, I talk a little bit about it in the next episode that she told me that since I'm really working with my Finnish ancestry right now and clearing that line and healing that line, um, there are indigenous medicine Finnish people that I am now called to after I come out of the jungle, then the next step after that will be to go to Finland. Finland. But I'm feeling really called to sit with Aya before I do this because I'm, I'm getting the message that there's something within me in that ceremony that will help guide me to, to my indigenous Finnish roots and what traditions and medicine do they practice there. So I'm, that was really profound that your mom told me that. Yeah. Because I wouldn't I mean, I might've started looking it up, but she like confirmed right away that we have special things as well, which is super cool. I don't have to be so just white person. And it was really beautiful because um, during the despacho, they were asking people to come up and to give their offering. And so my mom gave a cacao seed and I, I took it up there for her because she had polio when she was little. And so one leg is shorter than the other leg. And so she really is unbalanced when she walks and her foot is actually also smaller than the other foot. So it is literally like she is always trying to walk and she, she's just un, very unbalanced. It's interesting that your mom's little, my mom's little, your mom's unbalanced and my mom's unbalanced and we both have the middle name Michelle. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's not. No. So whenever the final offering to come and um, give it to the despacho, the cocoa leaves. My mom was like, she kept, kept telling me like, oh, go put it up there for me. And I was like, mom, you can, you know, we can help you navigate. It's only a couple of, um, there was a couple rows in front of her. Everyone was sitting on benches and I'm like, we can, we can help you get up there. She's like, no, 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 no. She knows, he, he knows, he knows that it's, it's mine. Go give it, go give it. And I really, for some reason, I, and I always help my mom because, you know, having a, a disabled mother, like she is, you know, been handicapped my whole life. So we all, like, I always, am like, my mom asked me to do something, I always help her, but something inside of me said, do not, she needs to do this. Mm -hmm. So I kept saying, no, 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 no. And she's like, no, and she was, she wanted, she didn't want to do it. And then towards, you know, as people were going up, Sarah came over and put her head on my mom and said, go ahead, mama, you can do it. And that was what cracked my mom. And she was like, you're right, I can do it. Mm -hmm. And so she got up and she went and gave her offering. And she told the man, he was per from Peru, I think he was from, he was from Peru. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that particular, the way he did it, 
the, the one other time that I've done it was by, um, she was the last high priestess of an Inca tribe in the top of the Andes in Peru. Um, and that's who I learned despacho ceremony from, not to perform it. I'm not even near performing, but just the whole thing of it. And he, that was like the same way, like the whole thing. So I, I, I think he is definitely Peru. from Peru, Peruvian. Yeah. Cause I think that the way they do it in that style, that's a Peruvian teaching tradition amongst their people. So she told him when she went up, because you were supposed to kneel before you put in your cocoa leaf. And she told him, she said, in my heart, I am kneeling. You know, I can't physically kneel. And he's like, you know, that's all you need is in your heart, your intention. And it was just really powerful mm. for my mom. Yeah. So thanks for that. You're welcome. Thank you for giving her permission. Yeah. yeah. Well, I gave her permission. And then I fluttered off to go do my one because I saw my hoppe buddy <laughs> at the despacho ceremony and he'd already put his coca leaves in. I put my coca leaves in and I came over to you guys and I was told mama she had to go put hers in. And then before I even knew if she did, I'm like, and now I'm going to go do hoppe because we've got 30 minutes left to stand in line. And it I'm was like, literally like decide your own adventure ceremony like extravaganza totally <laughs> so then i ran up to him i was like hey last hot ceremony of 30 minutes left he's like yeah i was thinking about doing it. i'm like let's go he's like okay so we ran and it's so funny because we never talk after <laughs> we did our hot ceremony like you know and then i just never saw him again maybe you'll see him at the next animal maybe I'll, yeah he was a volunteer apparently so maybe i'll see him at the next animal and we could be hot buddies again yeah and it was interesting too because we had to leave because my mother needed to drive back to san diego and she can't drive at night because she's 67 and it's just not a thing driving at night my mom can't drive at night either yeah and she can't drive far distances i yeah, so we needed to leave, but I'm so grateful that Sarah was actually able to see the um, so by, yeah. So by this time now, like I'm everything that I feel like, like I really went through my own medicine journey in this whatever was happening in my head and sinuses, because like I said, I was so withdrawn and I just like I didn't know, I didn't know, like I don't want to get anyone sick if it was a sickness or if it was something else. And then that was also just hurting, so I was just like in like my weird bubble. And then by the last day, I was just like, it, it all released. So like, I was like so much more like, Oh, I started making friends and talking to people like more than just my hoppe buddy. And, um, and so the closing ceremony, I left my hoppe and I didn't even come say goodbye to you guys. Cause spirit was like, you need to go right up to the fire right now. So I went up to the earth stage and there was one teeny little spot left right in the front at the fire and I like sat a little bit back and spirits like no you're meant to be up at the fire like you need to go and you you can immerse yourself now like it's okay they also told me I wasn't if like I wasn't going to be contaminating anyone at this but just to be mindful I just still didn't want to you know overly like because there's some people there that come from very tiny tribes in the middle of nowhere and whatever, you know, they didn't want to be the carrier that wiped out, you know, ancient whoever from this lived for 20,000 years and then, you know, came to Hanawat. That was it. Because he got some head cold that I gave him. You know what I mean? Like, anyway. You're fine. No, I know. I, yeah. they, they told me that I didn't do anything. But yeah, so anyway, I sit up in the front and it was so powerful because all of the leaders and the elders sat right across from me across the fire. And since I wasn't there in the very, very, very beginning and to have been sitting with um, different teachings from a lot of the, the people that were there 
and to just have this moment of gratitude and remembrance of myself of how spirit really works and how spirit really worked to get me there with such grace and fluidity and that really showing me like you're meant to be here there was no mistake that you were meant to be you were so meant this. to be there i promise you when kache told me about kachi when he told me about the event and i looked it up i said to myself sarah is going with me and then I said to myself, I'm going to this and Sarah's going. And I asked Sarah and Sherry said, I'm not going. And I was like, she's going. And I just knew that Sarah was going. Mm -hmm. I knew that me, my mom and Sarah were going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just knew yeah. that from the beginning. I mean, I knew, I knew we it too, going. but I just didn't know how it was going to, because it just didn't look like at that moment, like, you know, when I said I wasn't, and, that I was and really at the women's retreat, he invited all the women. Mm -hmm. So, and it wasn't like, you know, I'm like me and Lucia, me and Katarina, me and Ama, me and da, da. I was like, Sarah and I are going. Yeah. <laughs> and we like shared a tent yeah. and it was awesome. Yeah. And we curled up and finally then the last night I figured that I could put on my app to have rain Thank sound. <laughs> my white noise. Because... <laughs> rain sound. Cause they were like, by the, the last night they brought out the techno music yeah I'm now it's the brazilians playing techno and drumming till six o'clock in the morning it's like, i love you guys but you don't have techno in your tribe in your jungle i know you don't so let's uh but let's... apparently i don't know if it was the brazilians it might have been someone else but that's that's another time but yeah. generally i love my me some techno but like that was you know a whole other thing but yes so back to the fire ceremony yeah so you're sitting so there in I'm front of the elders such a moment of like just complete in honest and gratitude and mm. like i'm just it's like things have been just so hard for the last few years on on at so many levels i know for like a lot of people and i just spent a lot of time feeling very 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 off track and not understanding what the fuck my life was doing and especially when i was stuck at the restaurant and like i'm like i just don't understand this i just don't understand this this is not how i imagined my life was going to be at 40 some years old you know and feeling really defeated and really deflated for a very long time this is not even because of the pandemic this has been my own this has been separate from all of that and to see how supported I am on my path and all, it's kind of was like all the things that led me to that moment of sitting there and seeing these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful souls across from me. And I was just like, this is the life I've been, I've been living that I've always dreamed of living. This is it. I'm here. I'm in it. This is what I've always wanted to sit with powerful shamany people and like learn culture, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it just, it was, I just had such a profound moment. And then they all stood up and went around the fire. So I'm like a foot away from them and they're all praying. And the energy that was coming from their prayers, like going into the fire and I'm standing wow. behind them, like adding in, but also receiving the energy. Like my whole body just like, was like lit up in a different way. and. I could feel an, even a deeper healing. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just like that, that moment in life where it's like, this is where you belong. If you've ever felt like in different places in life, you didn't belong. And just because you might've felt like a, what, a, like a little white girl earlier this weekend, do you know what I mean? Like your spirit's not this thing. Your spirit is just as ancient and just as powerful and just as on this path as these people, because if it wasn't, and if you weren't uh, like 
vibrating on like your you look at you're vibrating on their level you're you've heightened yourself and you've done the work so much because if you haven't you won't be at the event and you wouldn't be sitting across and i wouldn't from be them. right across from them making eye contact with every single one of them yeah having a moment even throughout the weekend right right and they're like look at where you are yeah this is this is what all that work all that bullshit all that wondering has led you this because this weekend has yeah. given you more direction than where you're going Yeah, that you've always known. And I had such, even from Banky and different talks, I had such confirmation of things that I've stood by, things that I am about, things that like, you know, like not using toxic like chemicals practices, for this and that. Practices you've eating, been. Like cl using cleaner yeah. makeup, using clean products, using this and that, that people have literally made fun of me over, that an ex-lover literally yelled at me about, like put me down about that I use that, like and, and live my life like that. And, and being constantly the odd man out throughout my life for different beliefs and, and the way I see this earth. And, and he like literally confirmed so many things that I'm fucking right. And if you guys don't know who this man is, he is the number one medicine man, the number one ayahuasca shaman in the whole world, like from the Amazon, like he is one of the most respected leaders of all of the indigenous tribes mm -hmm. and what he was talking about just to hear that like composting like that's i've been doing that you've been like doing all the clean stuff right like that was a confirmation like 100 mm -hmm. totally and it just like even though i knew like i was on the right path you know and i like even though sometimes it hurt people making fun of me but it didn't stop me but just having him really do a deep teaching of remembering why we're doing this mm -hmm. then i was like i'm not wrong i'm not wrong and i'm not stopping for no. anyone and anyone can fucking say whatever they want <laughs> to me because that's the wrong path yeah and we are leaving this planet for the children yeah. and even for her to yes. be able to grow and thrive yes. and even for ourselves right yes so because yeah. the earth will survive mm -hmm. like the earth has she, been she, she'll regenerate she'll, re herself. she'll regenerate it's just if we're gonna be here we are not or the beautiful little we're not animals we're gonna be yeah here we'll be wiped out in the earth and that's how i i look at it honestly like the way that i look at what is happening and what's been happening that we don't know about because our minds are too small to understand is that the earth is here to take all our souls and to teach us the lessons of get res res reciprocity, reciprocity. reciprocity, how to get along with one another, how mm -hmm. to be respectful of where you live, of, of her, of everything. Like that is for me, the number one lesson. And so even with the dinosaurs, even with before the dinosaurs, like who knows who lived here? Like, you know, I mean, the earth has been around billions of years, billions of years. So if we don't figure it out, the way I look at it is that we will all reincarnate and keep reincarnating and, and just keep and and being in pain and having to do the lessons until we learn. Mm -hmm. And that for me, that's what I believe personally. And everyone can have their own beliefs. But honestly, like that makes the most sense to me is like, we have been given this gift of each other 
you know, even you and I have had, we've had fights, you know, and I feel closer to you because we have come on the other side of that. And I'm, I'm a cut and runner. Like, I'm like, if I have a problem with Me someone, too. I'm like, wow, I don't want to talk to them. What again. are we doing here? We're breaking why, it why did we, why <laughs> we both tried to run away? And like, here we are. I, I literally had a joke. I'm like, you know, I'm really assigned to her for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Sacred contract. That's the next day. Yeah. Other episode. Yeah. Other episode. But yeah. But yeah. So I say that in a very endearing of fun Of course. Way. Like, yeah. Like, like we're sisters. We're, just, we're not meant to break up. We're no, not meant to like, no. you know. Yeah. But I think like that is honestly why we are on earth is because we need as humans to learn how to respect the earth, respect each other, get along. Because yeah, if we don't learn this, we're going to be wiped out anyways. And the earth will still be here. So and we're um, going to have to come back as amoebas. Yeah. And we're going to have to go in and the work our way itself up from a single cell organism all over again. God, that's all a lot of over work. again. It really is. And it's a long time. So let's just get it together. Let's get work as a team. Love each other. Compose, stop with the bullshit. Co- compost. Less is more. <laughs> <laughs> really digging in that compost. Yeah, I am really upset, you guys. Like I told my, like I, I, I moved to Laguna Beach during the pandemic, and now I am back and in, like living in Encino because my boyfriend opened up the store, the vintage store here in in Studio City. Plug it, plug it. I am so Mila. Okay, there, me. Mila dot Los Angeles. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm back in his building, his condo building. They do they, the homeowners association. They don't. They don't compost. It is the law now that you need to take your items such as apple cores, banana peels, anything and everything that's like natural food related. Food related it has to go into a special bin. And that is by law. Guess what? His building doesn't do it. I told him, I was like, My building doesn't do it either. I'm calling this. They city. don't do it. They don't. No one's doing it. That's so. And I don't say that. I'm just saying. I think this is going to be, maybe they have still a certain amount of time. A lot of times they put laws into place and then it's like, by either way, you need to change your thing by 2024. Like they normally give a grace period and then like slumlords will literally wait till the last second or get fined. It is like breaking my heart. So I'm, I'm like, I just, I love composting. I love it. I, I love like taking the things and putting them back into the earth you know, putting it back into the earth, giving the earth nutrients Mm -hmm. because the earth doesn't have the other day. I was, um, on Monday, actually, I went to go wash my car and I was like, you know, vacuuming and doing whatever. And I noticed, um, I was like waiting for something and I had, I had to like walk to the, the, the corner of the street and there was a single plant, a single tree. And it was sticking out of this concrete. There was concrete all around concrete, concrete, and then there's, there was this little square and this tree was hanging and I could just feel and hear the earth underneath screaming, let me out, let us out. And it just broke my heart. I started crying. So Did yeah. you know that concrete actually um, sucks your life force energy, it, like sucks your energy. So that's why it's really also draining living in cities and why it's actually detrimental to us to live in cities is because it's draining our energy that what episode is that i need to go back episode of what 
your podcast episode on concrete. I haven't done one yet. Well, it needs to be done. <laughs> Long story short. That's all I know. Go to analog. We had a blast. We, we learned a, blast. a lot. Yeah. We are learning and keep and supporting these. You can sponsor an elder to come, yeah. you know, next year. You can sponsor just Modest Modesto. Modesto. Yeah, Modesto. I loved him. Oh, well, my him favorite thing too is she's like, and his, we're driving around the elders. Like her and her mom just like were instantly inserted into the event that made it so much more fun because you you like you guys were just like there driving around elders meeting with the whoever you know like just doing all the things <laughs> well that is what i'm saying about the medicine though as well is because i felt that because I spoke Spanish. My mom spoke Spanish. Yeah, you and, guys could communicate a lot better with people. Well, and because my mom, because of her handicap, we were the only one of the, one of the only people allowed to have a car on the land. And Modesto and his wife, they are from like the middle of Mexico, and they they brought their mother. I mean, his mm -hmm. mother, her mother-in-law, and this woman's like eighty-five years old. Oh, and she's what? She looked way older than that. She looked like a hundred and twenty. Yeah, and, and she really looked a hundred and twenty. And then, like you know, golf carts were like led the electric golf cart like went out of service, and there was another, and it was like, you know, that's what I mean in the sense that like it was a beautiful, beautiful event, but it wasn't an EDC where everybody has like you know the the PAs and the dead and the walkie talkies. It was no, very it was organic. Very it was very rugged. Trails. And like inclines you know yeah. some girl like just because she was wearing flip-flops broke her toe open on a rock like it was rustic right was rustic. even the cabins that people slept in they were rustic it was you know yeah toilets would go out like it was you know it was and there's medicine in that and lessons mm -hmm. and something that my dear friend alice shared the other day was that the root word of demon is daemon and daemon what that means is teacher Damon's a teacher so your demons are your teachers mm -hmm. so whatever reason i mean i was there to you know learn to be a guest and then i was you know driving around people which was fine it was wonderful and amazing you know but it was just interesting that like you show up for things like this and god and spirit i say god because that's just easy for me but when i mean god i mean like mother earth spirit coincidences angels, like all the energies, all the things that to me is God just shows you where you need to go. And we really connected with, um, this Mexican, um, he's, he's like the peyote medicine man of Mexico. And like, we, he's just such a lovely bee of spirit and, and his mother blessed me at the end and blessed my, blessed mm -hmm. my mom. Yes. And we really got to connect with them and talk to them about, the lineage in Mexico and like what, cause we don't know anything about peyote, you know, like, I mean, I grew up in Houston, Texas, like that's like for drug addicts, like, you know, mm -hmm. that's like some Jim Morrison weird thing, you know, like, and then I went to New York city and in New York, people did cocaine, like civilized people, you know, and then you go to LA and everyone's tripping on ecstasy at their ra the raves. So for me <laughs> to connect and really understand the medicine behind peyote and to have like somebody who is one of the most number one foremost like sought after facilitators of peyote in the world explain it to me was very profound mm -hmm. so yeah i just i'm so grateful and i can't wait for next year and if you come wear closed shoes like they said on the 
email. They said everybody clo- wear closed shoes. Oh, they did say that. They did. Say I that. wore my flip flops the whole time. <laughs> I was fine, but I grew up in the woods, so I didn't know how to navigate rocks. <laughs> But this has been so much fun. It has been so much fun. And we could just go on forever, forever and ever. But she has to go to dinner and I have to go to a birthday party. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so we have to wrap it up. <laughs> You're so dry. <laughs> <Such a> dry. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's no business. Like, show business. <laughs> and I'm like, She's like the real no business like show business. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> all in all, I have to say that Anawa was above and beyond my favorite festival gathering. Yes. Whatever you want to call it. I don't it. even I don't, I don't even, even know what to call festival it. Festival name. I, I don't, don't know what to call yeah. it. What do we call it? It was a gathering. It was a gathering. A gathering. But it's even even gathering spirits. just seems lame. It That's does. like a lame for what it was. It was a motherfucking spiritual experience. Yeah. Beyond a gathering. Yeah. I'm going to do some thesaurus of gatherings find a better word yeah i'm sorry was i not supposed to cuss because i know you're putting this on youtube you cuss all you want fucking hell (laughs) (laughs) thank you all so much for watching and listening and we will talk with you again soon and thank you for joining i love you i love you Mm. bye